Hey everybody, welcome to the Pretty Sketchy Podcast. Got a bit of Nintendo action going on there in light of uh, tomorrow's big release, but um, we're not going to talk about that. We've got no interest in that right now. So, <laughs> um, How you doing, man? How's things? Oh wait, hang on. Yeah. Wait, i got to do what? my intro. Okay, right, yeah, right. Intro. Welcome to Pretty Sketchy Podcast 13. With me as always is acclaimed author and aggregator of alternative facts, Michael Marshman. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> uh, no. You know what? You know what? Like, I love that you're getting into politics, man. That's It's good. It's good. Maybe, maybe <laughs> be a little bit more discerning, but you know, whatever. It's cool. <laughs> oh god okay so uh, like always we're going to explain what we do here this is a pretty sketchy podcast my name's Corey. um i am currently drawing a comic book that michael wrote and i'm doing it live so you guys can all see how to not make a comic book um yeah so how's things man what's going on uh i am pretty exhausted to be honest yeah like this this whole last <laughs> month has just drained me of everything we should we, uh, i just want to point out uh Michael and I work together. Most people know that, but uh, he's recently gone from being pretty casual to uh, being in charge of two departments uh, while someone's away on holidays. Rob, we're looking at you, and uh, <laughs> so you're not really taken to the to the uh, the full time like role with responsibilities the way that you thought you might. Oh, I mean, like I can do it. Oh yeah, it's you've just... been doing great. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I think. I didn't pace myself, you know, I was just sort of hot out of the gate. And then by the end of it, I'm just like, oh my God, Rob, <laughs> come back. <laughs> Please. Like, I, I can't, I can't wait till Monday where I can just throw everything back at him. I'm just like, take it. Like, it's I don't yours. want it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Well, you know, that's what happens sometimes, man. You, you, you get a man up and do someone else's job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, like I got to allow me to be the first to say that so far you've done a banging job, man. So it's all good. Uh, I try. Mm. <laughs> That's all I can do. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to be uh, doing a bit more inking on page one today on the revised version of page one. Looks a lot better. Although there's a thing here I got to fix. That's really pissing me off. The very first picture you see um, of, uh, oh my God. <laughs> I've gone blank. <laughs> What's her name? Um, Nissa. Nissa, yeah. I, I, for some reason, because I've been thinking so much about Horizon Zero Dawn lately, all I can think of is Alloy. It just popped into my head and just wouldn't move. <laughs> like, yeah, a picture of Alloy standing here. Yeah, uh, copyright infringements notwithstanding. Um, all right. So uh, first thing I wanted to talk about as I get started here is, um, as I was talking about last podcast, we, we've moved... Um, the first 12 episodes, which we're going to consider to be season one of the pretty sketchy podcast, uh, to a new channel, um, which is going to eventually be, uh, you know, YouTube slash pretty sketchy podcast. Um, the problem is because it's a new channel, we can't grab the URL at the moment. So don't go searching for it just yet. Just like, if you just search on uh, YouTube, you'll find us. Um, but we need a hundred subscribers on that channel before we can use that URL. So um, if you're sitting there watching, just please hit the subscribe button so that we've got a shot at it. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll let you know when everything's up and running properly and stuff like that. But at the moment you can still watch all 12 episodes on Corey Wire Art or um, uh, Pretty Sketchy Podcast channel. Uh, and this one will be streaming straight to the new channel. So um, just to give everybody a heads up, what's going on? All right, and yeah, subscribe, get your friends to subscribe. <laughs> Um, I'll see if I can God, say subscribe we've, properly. We've officially become like those people. Oh my God. Do you know what? Like, it's not like watch my show, man. I need you to take an hour out of your busy life to watch our show. It's just simply, can you just click the button so we can get our username? <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't have to watch the show, please. <laughs> it's just, it's more of an OCD thing. It's just bothering me that I can't do it. In fact, this morning I was just telling, telling my, Michael, I went to, to check everything like I do before I um, do the show. Um, and, oh wow, that's really bothering me too. Um, and I went to type it in to make sure everything was working and it didn't. And I had to do some exploration and find out that you just, it just doesn't automatically happen. You've got to hit all of these KPIs before they'll, they'll let you do it. Um, I'm just trying to fix something here. Um, sorry, I've got there's a little, little bit of a camera issue. Um, the desk cam, I just want to fix real quick because uh, it's frustrating. Essentially, the, the camera is, it, it's got autofocus enabled and it just keeps on like going in and out of focus constantly. 
So yeah. that's the kind of thing people are going to get annoyed with. Um, there we go. Auto focus off. And we're back. There we go. Okay, so um, first thing I want to talk about today is is uh, something that was a major part of my youth, um, and that is switching to the thing. <laughs> there we go. 80s cartoons. So <laughs> um, I've just got a slide sharp at the moment. Um, of, what, you know, what specifically? Well... <sighs> I basically just collected a bunch of sort of graphics of things that just reminded me of my childhood growing up. Mm. Um, and I think like everybody watched the cartoons as a kid before school or on Saturday mornings or whatever the case may be. Um, but for, for kids who are into art, like or, or kids that will eventually develop a taste for art, um, those cartoons are really formative. They're really um, something that uh, it's something that you tend to aspire to you sort of look at these things and, and it's, and it's a, it's a massive creative outlet, uh, like a visual outlet for a kid who's into, you know, action and fun and exciting things and art. So you'll have these, um, characters that are, that are drawn in, in, in much the same way as you could do it. If, if only you had that ability, you know what I mean? So it was something Mm. to always strive for, you know, like it wasn't like you can look at a film and you can go, okay, that's people running around, but, when you're a kid and you're looking at a cartoon, you know that someone drew everything that's on that screen. And as somebody who was interested in drawing, it's like, well, shit, how do I get that good? How do I, you know, improve and, and, uh, and, and be able to sort of put out something similar to that, you know? Um, and the interesting thing about it is that like most kids start out the same way. You start drawing those characters. So some of the first art I ever did was, you know, drawing characters from, um, you know, shows like, uh, mask or you know Disney stuff like gummy bears that just popped up on my screen as well because um, because the th- the cool thing about that is really stylistic you can look at any cartoon and know that it's Disney you know yeah um, things like Voltron oh my god like dude I would have killed to have the vehicle force Voltron toy as a kid because it was just such a big part of my entertainment circle you know when I was that age yeah um, and uh, you know like like uh, another huge one was masters of the universe he-man and all that sort of stuff and and again like that was indicative of the time of like fantasy comics and stuff was all the physique was what it was all about bodybuilder style stuff so as a kid learning to draw that's where you that's where you get that information about how to draw a physique you know like um uh awfully inaccurately but that's that's just it like you can see okay there's muscles here there's muscles there and anybody who's ever taken a life drawing class or an art class or you know even even like old artists from back in the day um it it was we're all focused on anatomy you know and that's that's one of those things where here's a cartoon where they're displaying human anatomy to you um right there and and it's like take what you want kid this is how it's done you know um and so you would you know I'd, i'd sit there and try and emulate that sort of artwork and um and it really became you know like it was it was comics come to life because a lot of those um things like I'm looking at right now, I'm looking at Thundercats or Silverhawks and they're superhero style characters and they're animated in such a way that you, you, you can't see a regular human actor do, at least not back in the day. Now they've got wire work and all this other cool shit, but it was all about, um, you know, dramatic poses, comic book style poses. Those freeze frames you see in a comic book all come from a range of motion that you would see on a cartoon. You know, like mm. you see, like when somebody's like at, like a full extension of their range of movement, which is what in a comic, that's what you want to capture because that's the most dynamic moment in that, in that movement. Right. But in these cartoons, you got to see the whole progression. Like when they leap into the air and bust out that pose with a sword or whatever like that, you know, um, that's what you wanted to emulate on the page. Um, and it just like, I can't stress enough how big of an influence it was for me. And I mean, I look at my nephew Hayden and, and he was always the same sort of kid like to draw and stuff like that. And his style is really indicative of the sort of 90s you know cartoon network nickelodeon style animation yeah um and it's it's really obvious things like samurai jack and all those sort of shows really influence the way that he draws no matter what style of character he's drawing they always sort of have that sort of flavor um which is really interesting in and of itself but uh like i credit most of the way i draw in my style 
to this sort of stuff, you know, and then this sort of stuff, like things like He-Man and, um, you know, all of those big superhero sort of shows and things like that, they sort of metamorphosized into an interest in like fine fantasy artists, I guess you'd call it like, um, you know, guys like Boris Vallejo and, and, uh, oh, who's the other guy? Um, Frank Frazetta, uh, guys that would do these amazing fine art style paintings, but of things that are interesting to me, you know, like cool barbarians and, you know, bloody things with goblins and, you know, <clears throat> like even, uh, I think, um, princess Leia's uh, bikini outfit was based on a Frazetta painting, you know, that sort of thing. So like, there's so much influence there that a lot of people probably don't even realize. Um, but like, I can't, I can't attribute enough, like, uh, as far as influence to, to watching cartoons, you know? It's just, yeah. um, it's a really big deal. Like, do you, what, like, what, when, when you were coming up, what was like the sort of stuff you would watch? Oh, geez. Um, oh my God. <laughs> it's, it's such a big fucking list, I think. Cause oh, I was a very, <laughs> I was, I was a very like, you know, cartoon sort of kid, you know, I, yeah. I grew up on a lot of, uh, Warner Brothers, like Looney Tunes stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Everybody. In fact, to be honest, yeah. when, when I was but, in Papua New Guinea as a kid, right. Um, we didn't have access to television. So everything we watched was on tape. Um, mm. So that's, that's why like I, I, growing up, I, I had all of the dialogue from Star Wars and I think Empire memorized because that's, we had them on tape and we would just yeah. loop that shit because um, that's all we had. We'd sit there playing in the lounge room on the floor and in the background would always be Star Wars or whatever. And we had a tape of Looney Tunes <laughs> cartoons that we would just cycle and it was just yeah. classics, you know what I mean? um and 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 that's that's the same like there's definitely that influence there but i don't know that like as much as i you know i I think i had a book on how to draw like bugs bunny sort of stuff and that was a little bit of influence as well but it wasn't really what grabbed my attention so Mm. yeah but i totally interrupted yeah i mean like i think a lot of that stuff was like before our time and before like before mine and before yours Mm. but they've just sort of transcended that sort of time thing yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, cartoons are essentially timeless. Although now you look at some of the ones that I used to like and it's like, holy shit. Yeah, well, <laughs> that, that's exactly what I mean. Like you look at the, the Looney Tunes and the Hanna-Barbera stuff, mm. kids still grow up on that shit. Yeah, yeah. And they still love it. But, um, they, but they, they, my... they, they, they took away all of the racist ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, for, for my actual time period, there was like a lot of the Disney cartoon movies, mm-hmm. you know, like Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. In terms of TV, you got like a lot of the 90s Cartoon Network sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I watched like a ton of Dexter's Lab and Powerpuff Girls and Samurai hey. Jack. Hey, don't fucking bag Powerpuff Girls. No, like, no, no, dude. Hey, man, I was born in Townsville. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I've always loved that. Like, <laughs> there's a place actually called Townsville, but every episode starts off with the city of Townsville, so they added city to it as well. The city of Townsville. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking really but yeah, um, yeah, shit like that. Um, That's awesome. I, I guess you you could even include stuff like Power Rangers, not not cartoon, but cartoony enough. Um, Dragon Ball Z, shit like that. Oh, if, that like, if, I, that's, if that's not a live action cartoon, I don't know what is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like I had it was such a, like a very interesting time because there were so many different styles of animation just floating around. Mm-hmm. Not not to bag your sort of stuff out, but you look at like He-Man and Voltron and Thundercats, the the art style was very similar. Like even the stuff like, um, oh God, like Space Ghost and Birdman and shit like that. Like the, the art style was very similar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like different. Well, I mean, that details. was essentially Hanna-Barbera style. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Space yeah. Ghost, yeah. But, um, um, yeah, like that, that was the shit that I watched, you know, street sharks, biker mice from Mars, <laughs> Captain Planet, shit like that. Yeah. Those, those, see, ones, see, like, those ones are more I, I early nineties. It, it's yeah. funny how it evolved though. Like even throughout the nineties, like in the early nineties, it was things like your, um, your turtles and your, um, yeah. well, that was, that was technically late eighties, but mostly, most of the popularity came from the nineties. Um, you know, you had all of this, um, um, you know, they, they, were, they were what they were. They were kind of like an evolution of 80s cartoons where there was high yeah. action and all that sort of stuff. But then as the Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon thing sort of happened, cartoons became way more cartoony, like mm. old school cartoony, and then way more hyperactive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was it, watching a cartoon was like chaos, you know? Mm. Um, 
And then you had notable exceptions that were completely off the grid, like things like um, Ren and Stimpy and things like that, which were more adult-centric humor, just animated in a really kooky style, you know? Yeah. Was that, I consider that more <clears throat> of an art piece than a... Than a um, uh like a cartoon per se you know yeah yeah and i mean in terms of like influence they they mostly influenced my my comedy yeah not so much because like i don't draw obviously um but yeah they they influenced my my sense of humor Uh, i think the absolute biggest one which i can't believe i forgot to mention is Mm. the simpsons Oh, dude! Like shit! How did I miss that? Like, yeah, yeah. My God. In fact, like, in fact, when I first got to high school, it was '89, uh, and that was the year the Simpsons essentially came out. Yeah. And we were we were buzzing about that show long before it even aired because they used to do. Remember the Gabbo episode? Yeah. Of yeah. The Simpsons, how they teased yeah. it. There was like Gabbo, 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 and everyone's like, "What the fuck was that?" You know. Yeah. Um, that's how they did the Simpsons. It's exactly the same way. They would show like just a snippet of stuff, like Tracy Orman style animation, you know? It's like well, this, it was on the Tracy Orman yeah, show. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, like I'm talking about the era, you know? Um, <laughs> but it was like, you know, we were, we were like, what, what is this? This, the, you know, like it's, it, it looks like a cartoon, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it, they don't talk like a cartoon, you know, <laughs> that sort of thing. Yeah. But um, it was, uh, it was a real big deal. And, and me and my friends used to, you know, like I think I, I might've done when I had a lot more time on my hands, drawn an entire storyboard for the Bart dance video. Oh, wow. Like from beginning to end, you know, every, every kind of frame sort of thing. At least I attempted to, I don't think I finished it, but I got, I got a fair whack into it, you know, cause I was so interested in drawing those characters. Cause the other thing that happens when you're an artist is you see things that are popular Mm. And you sort of latch onto them and you're like, oh shit, you know, that's, that's kind of cool. And you try and emulate that style. And as you grow older, you, you realize that that's kind of a trap that you need to avoid. Um, it's good for like practice and learning and stuff like that, but you end up falling into a trap of, of not coming up with your own style, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I'm still battling with that. I'm like nearly 40, dude. And I'm like, again, <laughs> I, I'm sitting here comparing everything I'm drawing right now to something like Chrononauts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? um, and, uh, and you can't do that. You can't be like, look, you know, why can't I be this guy or that guy? You, you got to say, I'm this guy, you know, mm. and everybody's mm. different. So, um, yeah. And, and like that, that's not to say like, you shouldn't have your heroes. Like you should always oh, have your heroes. Me. Just don't, don't try to be them. Yeah. No, try, try to, try to, I don't know if this is going to come out right. Try to be as good as them, I think, but in your own style, mm. like, like always, if, if you don't have anyone to look up to, then you're never going to improve because yeah. you can't look at someone else's work and go, my God, that's amazing. You know, mm. like even, even like, and again, Sean Murphy Appreciation Hour, um, sometimes you'll see him tweet, <laughs> um, uh, we need a theme song. <laughs> sometimes he'll tweet out, he'll, he'll put a panel someone else has done up and just go, my God, this is amazing, you know? And it's stupid to say that out loud because he's a person, he's, you know, a victim of self-doubt just as much as the next guy, you know, or, or and, and I'm not saying that he's going, this is better than what I could do. I'm, but, but I'm like reading between the lines of Jesus Christ, I wish I'd drawn this, you know, like this is so mm. amazing. And, uh, and you sort of feel like somebody like him wouldn't have those feelings anymore because they're established and, you know, they, they're doing a great job. You know, they're an influence for you. Why would they be concerned about someone else's amazing artwork, you know? And it's not, it's, it's, it's adoration. It's like, yeah, this is the shit. Let's mm. more of this, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's, that's sort of what I'm getting at. It's, you know, and we've talked about this before. Like you can, you should always have somebody to look up to because no matter how good you are, there's someone better. You know, I think we can all, we can all, um, <laughs> every comic artist in the world could bow down to Alex Ross right now. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck that guy. (laughs) Oh my God, man. I was looking at some of his stuff the other day, just going, Jesus Christ. You know, although he's, he's a different, different breed of artist um, in the comic circles because he, he uses models. He does everything in a very traditional way. Mm. Um, And uh, you know, but, but dude, the, the crazy thing is he occasionally does sequential work. And like I saw a, a series of, pages he did for uh, like a Batman and Superman sort of thing where um, Batman, I think Brainiac had put something on Batman's head that had turned him evil and ba- and Batman's trying to take him down and he hits him with the Superman flies off and he hits him with the his bat um, grappling gun around the ankles and he's being dragged around the city through the air um, by 
clock you know superman and um it just looked phenomenal dude like like these beautifully articulated paintings of like just even i could have sat there for 20 minutes and just looked at the ripples in batman's cape you know mm. because it's perfectly rendered beautifully with perfect lighting and perfect everything and i just think man you know like he's not he's not going to pump out an issue each month that's for sure yeah <laughs> you know but it's it's something that you just look at and go there's some magic there you know there really yeah. is um but yeah I, wow we got way off topic <laughs> cartoons <laughs> um yeah no i just, I just gotta get, getting back to that like um first of all i just want to point out that anybody who thinks that um lion force voltron is the better voltron can fuck right off because it's absolutely <laughs> not true even though i've yet to find anyone who agrees with me ever <laughs> wow the, the debate always rages they're always like nah man lion force because i think what happened is because i'm so old vehicle force came out first and then i think they went into lion force and so a lot of younger people coming up never really got to see the first one you know mm. um or something like that i don't know or maybe they just re-ran the lion force one more or something i don't know but people it's like you ask the question most people wouldn't even know what vehicle force voltron looked like you know well i'm looking it up now yeah the i think the key reason as a kid that i was a fan of that one was because the toy when you bought the toy and you, and no one bought it because it was like 150 bucks and back then you didn't buy 150 dollar toys um or it was 98 bucks on special or some shit like that but it came with tons of parts like that was the argument to the parents it's like yeah but you're not buying one toy you're buying like 15 vehicles man like and you clip them all together and they become one toy you know um well i think okay I'm, i was looking at both mm. and i think vehicle force voltron is the one i'm most familiar with right okay yeah because he used to break apart like his feet were like suvs he had a helicopter sort of chest thing and this weird rocket ship became his insignia on his chest and you know um yeah. it was it was real interesting as a kid because it had so many moving parts and like you, you just didn't get toys that complex back then you know everything was really simple um there was actually this one thing that i always wanted that i saw it like i think i was at kmart or something once and they had um um this it was a little little optimus prime toy about i was gonna say this big but let's just say the size of a packet of cigarettes and mm -hmm. he had a stick that you would take out of the back and you'd put the stick like you connected to the back so it was sticking out of his back right you'd put the stick in your mouth and talk and somehow it converted your voice into like a ring modulated effect like so you sounded like a robot talking Mm. and that blew my fucking mind so like you can imagine now kids have iphones <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um you know that's like if i had one of those for the for the 10 minutes that i would have been amazed by it it would have been the best 10 minutes of my young life <laughs> <laughs> um yeah but you know cartoons man wait like, let me go back to this thing where is it and uh broken it there we go um he-man and she-ra like the big one for me the one that always captured my imagination was um g-force or battle of the planets as like as kids we all called it g-force but um that was fucked up because it was i think it was my first uh other than astro boy fuck i forgot about astro boy too um it was probably the the show that first introduced me to japanese animation and i didn't know that at the time i just thought it was animation yeah. um but it was like um um it was just so dynamic you know the characters the way they moved and everything like that in he-man they just sort of stood around and occasionally you like hit someone with a sword you know, <laughs> you know there wasn't a lot of <laughs> dynamic range to it but these characters were like gymnasts you know with that even even in the intro sequence they're flipping around and doing backflips and flying through the air with their impossible capes you know um and you know the, I, I think the first crush i ever probably had other than like um drew barrymore in et was like um the chick out of um that show you know what i mean and then like just because like she was just awesome you know um but hang on i'm just i'm, I'm just working on a really intricate part of nissa's hand here <laughs> i can't do two things at once people i'm sorry um but you know i mean everybody who was there knows you know all of those shows were like the bomb yeah i mean everybody everybody's gonna argue that their cartoons are the best but i think you know we can all agree that <laughs> the 80s ones were in fact better <laughs> um god i just remembered watching the fantastic four cartoon oh wow really 
I yeah. think I remember that one. Yeah, that, I think that was Hanna Barbera as well. Oh, really? Or, or at least the animation style was very similar to it. Yeah. yeah God, right. that was a good show. <laughs> I mean, not really. I'm, I'm sure like, it was. <laughs> when, was I, it when I was a kid, movie? when I was a kid, it was good. Yeah. But um, I'm probably looking back on it now. It's probably dumb as shit. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm sure it's amazing. Um, like, dude, anything you revisit from your childhood comes with a caveat, man. It oh really yeah, does. Like, I mean, I was just rapping about Battle of the Planets and how amazing it was. Um, it got recently. When I say recently, in the last sort of ten years, they released it on on DVD, um, and I watched about half of one episode and went, "What the fuck am I watching?" <laughs> you know, like for example, the um, the bad guy. You don't know this at the time when you're when you're a small child, but the bad guy was totally transgender. Um, wears thigh high boots and lipstick, you know, and this weird Batman style cowl, you know, like it was just fetish as fuck, you know, um, uh, <laughs> and and just dumb shit like that that is so dated now. Like he was, he's he's got this in this in this one episode, he's got this giant <sighs> creature style robot thing that's blasting across the land, destroying shit, and um. He, it transforms into this giant centipede creature thing, right? Um, which do, doesn't make a lick of sense because there's no parts of it that look like it would change into that other form, you know? Yeah. But yeah. in order to transform, he pulls an eight-track tape out of the dashboard <laughs> and puts another <laughs> eight-track tape in and presses load. <laughs> and suddenly about five minutes later, it goes and turns into this giant centipede for no apparent reason, you know? <laughs> And I was just Jesus. like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, but emo- you're so emotionally invested in these things as a kid. Like, I remember there was one story arc. I think it was over a couple of episodes where um, the chick uh, was kidnapped and she was put into some sort of pod, uh, like in, in a field, like plants, like a big, like almost like a Brussels sprout. She was inside it, trapped in there. And they, they didn't know where she was. She was just missing, you know, and mm. uh, she was slowly getting devoured by this plant or whatever. And I just remember see, being just emotionally devastated by that as a kid, you know, like, it's like, they don't know where she is. They don't know where to find her and stuff. But now it's just a stupid premise, you know, yeah. um, but it is what it is. <laughs> you just, you just become attached to these things, you know? Yeah. Um, wow. I'm, I'm looking at the Fantastic Four Wikipedia page. Yeah. Very weird, interesting information. Like through a series of transactions, Disney currently holds the rights to the majority of Marvel's 1960s, 1980s animated output. Right. However, the 1967 to 1968 Fantastic Four was produced by Hanna-Barbera, whose library is owned by Time Warner, Good making pull. the series one of only a handful of Marvel-related TV projects not owned by Disney. Time Warner is also the owner of Marvel's biggest competitor, DC Comics. So Time Warner owns <laughs> Marvel's Fantastic Four cartoon show. And all of DC. And all of DC. Holy shit. Oh, what the fuck? Man, somebody's, oh, man, somebody's losing sleep over that deal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> not really. No, nobody wants that cartoon to see the light of day. Not even the guys who own it. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> it only went for a season, so. Yeah. Yeah. I remember watching that as a kid. I fucking loved it. Yeah. Any of those superhero shows as a kid were great. Hmm. Um, yeah, they always did all right. Uh, now I've got to do this graffiti part. Why is the camera out of focus? <laughs> ah, it's close enough. <laughs> um, uh, what else? Oh, now let's let's talk uh, Alien Covenant trailer. That just got mm-hmm. there was a new one like uh, just got released yesterday. I think yeah, released yeah. was on Reddit yesterday, so I assume it was yesterday. Yeah, it um, was yesterday. Yeah, man, it looks to me like like in my opinion, it looks old school. Like it's, I mean, you know, notwithstanding all of the CGI <clears throat> and bullshit of the, you know, the alien's clearly not a puppet anymore, but it doesn't matter because it looks good enough that it's, and, and again, I'm saying this, this is my opinion now, <laughs> not having <laughs> seen the film and not having seen what sort of effects are available in, you know, eight years from now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but so take that with a grain of salt, but boy, does it look fucking fearsome, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, the, there are parts of the trailer I liked. Um, I was talking to Carl about this last night, mm. and um, we, we kind of had similar mindsets. Like, he, he didn't like the trailer. Oh, really? 
Yeah. Like, it, that's not to say that he's not looking forward to the movie. He is, but he thought the trailer wasn't that good because yeah. it, it just it sort of showcased a lot of, okay, yeah, we've seen all this shit before. Like, it's just treading old ground. Yeah, but, like, sort of thing. It's, it's telling you, hey, don't worry. This is going to be – it's not going to be um, – Resurrection. Not, well, yeah, but it's not going to be um, Prometheus where you don't know what yeah. you're going to get. There's fucking clearly an alien in this one, you know? Yeah, um, I suppose. I don't know. Like, uh, I I do kind of agree with Carl, but I'm also, I, I speculate a lot. And based, based on what we've been told, this is like the, the bridging, bridging the gap between Prometheus and Alien. Yeah. And based on that, I'm expecting something new and different to sort of, sort of just come out of left field and blow me away. Yeah. Having said that as well, I am looking forward to having it go back to sort of the original alien that's sort of that's vibe. the vibe i was getting like even the casting you know what i mean mm. the the characters that they've casted like i mean danny mcbride you know obviously beside the point but you know <laughs> there's there's one chick who's in it who just looks <clears throat> like somebody from a 70s production she doesn't look like a hollywood style actress she doesn't look like thing. the oh the other thing too i'll get back to danny mcbride in a minute i think i think that's an amazing choice um but i'll, I'll get back to that in a sec dude what was blowing my brains out was the location scouting who the fuck oh, finds yeah. those places and i mean that's that's a ridley scott thing now like he's known for just coming up with these places in the world that don't look like anywhere else yeah you know? and i mean when i say him I, he, at the end of the day he has final say but it really is a bunch of people just traveling going god damn where are we going to find this place you know yeah um there's a there's a whole company that does that um interesting side note i actually went for a job at one once um but um yeah, like I, I, half of those scenes, you're just looking at going, I cannot believe this is on the fucking planet Earth. But mm. you know it is, you know? It's phenomenal. Um, yeah. But yeah, Danny, Danny McBride, <clears throat> I'm, I'm a huge advocate of putting comedians in serious roles. And I, I, I feel like he'll be a little bit of comic relief. He won't be the comic relief, but I feel like, you know, his, his general attitude is funny for <laughs> most of the time. So I'm sure that there's going to be things that he does that are lighthearted. Yeah. Um, but like, uh, I, I've, I've, I think I might've said this before. I feel as though often, um, comedic actors have better dramatic chops than, than dramatic actors because they're not afraid to make a fool of themselves. They're not afraid to go that extra mile, um, yeah. of, of really pushing the boundaries, you know? And, uh, and so hopefully, hopefully we get a really good sort of, I guess, horror movie, uh, performance out of him you know hmm. i mean a great example of that is uh john c Riley. yeah mean, that dude can fucking do anything yeah yeah 100 percent. brilliant yeah i don't know yeah i'm i'm really looking forward to it um the trailer was i, I watched it and i was like okay yeah whatever mm. um having said that you know alien one is my favorite out of yeah. all of them and i'm just kind of looking forward to going back to that sort of because once again, I was talking to Carl about this last night, but the one thing the the xenomorph needs to be, it just it needs to be one. There just only needs to be one. Like yeah. seeing one xenomorph wipe out an entire crew yeah. is way more terrifying than a swarm of aliens taking out a group of Marines yeah. to me. Yeah, 100%. Like, yeah. It's like that. that's where the true terror lies. Just this un unfeeling cold calculating killing machine mm. and it's just wiping you out and there's nothing you can do about and, it and you can't leave it's pressure yeah. cooker it's it's like you know my you know my favorite movies are things like the thing and stuff like that where you see how mm. people behave when there's they've got no choice but to to survive you know yeah yeah they got to stand and fight or, or they've got to hide or you know and they can't trust anyone because everybody's out for themselves and you know that sort of thing like love that shit yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like a bottle episode in a TV show, but done well. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, I'm looking at my pencils here, and I, c I can't make sense of it. <laughs> this is supposed to be uh, an A. I was going to say that's that's the equivalent of like someone not being able to read their own handwriting. <laughs> that's a, that's pretty much what I've got going on here at the moment. I'm just doing. There's a panel here. Where I've got little little Nisa running around a corner. Um, and, uh, in the 
on the wall behind her is graffiti that says Elgato. It's got a cool picture of a cat smoking a cigarette with a bow tie on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I could see she's running in front of where it says Elgato. Um, so half the letters are obscured, but I'm where the A is supposed to be. All I can see is an, like an E. <laughs> so I think I'm going to have to redraw it. Mm. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to attempt to freehand it because I've made that mistake before. Why don't you call it El Cato? Because of El Gato, man. It's crazy yeah. El Gato, bro. You drew, you drew a cat smoking a cigarette, but just El Cato. El Gato. Well, El, El Gato means cat in Spanish. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> I don't know Spanish, Jesus. <laughs> Although it makes you wonder about the um, El Gato uh, ca- capture cards. Not a sponsor. Um, <laughs> yeah. Where they got that name from. But uh, anyway. Well, from Spanish. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> All right. So, Turning this around here. Um, oh, fucking hell. Tem- too much temptation to mess with my ruler. All right. So we're in agreement, though. The trailer looks pretty good. <laughs> oh, man. I'm, I'm, I was I'm so excited about it. it. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, good. Good, good. Yeah. I, I kind of had like a... Because uh, the Guardians trailer came out as well, the second one. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Which you, you haven't watched yet. No, but explain. Like, what are we what are we talking here? That, uh, not giving it, too it, much away? It it still doesn't. It There's like a bit of a monologue from, I assume, is the villain. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what the fuck she said, but whatever. Mm. Throughout the whole trailer, I just felt kind of neutral. I was like, I didn't, it didn't get me excited. It didn't disappoint me. I was like, mm. yeah, okay. It's the Guardians trailer. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm already looking forward to it. I don't, I don't, I could not have watched that and nothing would have changed. <laughs> yeah. But. Well, I mean, I, I, I told you, I, I deliberately didn't watch it because I feel like I've already seen too much, mm. and I want to remain excited about that movie. Um, I, I tend to do that though. You know me. I don't watch trailers of stuff uh, like I'm really interested. Yeah. In. Um, yeah. Sometimes to my yeah. detriment, <laughs> but uh, to be fair, like. Um, I can I can walk out. I know for a fact right now I can go watch Guardians tomorrow and walk out of there happy, just simply because it's the production design is so goddamn stunning. Hmm. You know I don't care who does what and if Groot's in it. You know it'd be better if he is obviously, <laughs> <laughs> um, but just just little things like just the way that the cosmos looks is like yeah. nothing you've ever seen, and for some reason it looks so realistic. So how come every other movie that's set in space doesn't look exactly like that? Like from what we've seen of, you know, Hubble imagery and all that sort of stuff, they've just nailed the look, like the colors of the nebulas and, and the vibrancy of space, you know, like um, like how it looks when you're off planet in the middle of nowhere. You can see everything. Um, it just looks like how I'd imagine it would be being there. And I've seen a million space movies that don't seem to hit that mark. Yeah. You know? It's really weird. But anyway, that's beside the point. You know, as long as uh, Mini Groot fucks some dudes up, I'm I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, they they're gonna fucking milk Baby Groot for all he's worth. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. But why not, man? You know. Yeah. He was he was a he was a good uh, he was a great character in the first one. Um, yeah. You know, some of my favorite moments of the first one is is him just doing dumb shit. Um. <laughs> and Rocket and and I mean they're just a perfectly dynamic pair. You know, they just work well together. Mm. like Abbott and Costello style, you know. I've got to get around to reading the Offworld. Uh, I've been buying like all of the, um, you know, Grounded series of like Rocket and um, Sky, uh, Star-Lord and uh, things like that. And again, it's it's gotten to the point now where the art is, is reasonably good, but it's not the style that catches my eye. So mm. I'm reading them based on like the first issue or two were actually kind of interesting so um, I'm sort of following on from that and actually reading them. Well, when I say that, I haven't read them yet. <laughs> so it's on the agenda is what I'm getting at. Um, so what you're saying is Scotty Young needs to go back to Rocket. Oh, my God. Yes. You know, or at least do something. I mean, I know he's working on... Um, uh, you know what? Actually, Scotty Young's fine where he is because he's working on I Hate Fairyland. <laughs> at the moment, he can stay there. That's fine. Um, but yeah, I just I don't know. Like They just keep changing artists and it throws me, but... Um, it's just an interesting story for whatever reason, uh, which I haven't really gotten out of it yet. Um, it's a series of uh, a lot of the characters are stuck on Earth. Mm. Um, Rocket and Star Lord are the ones I'm, the two I'm collecting. So that's the that's the part of the story I'm getting. But um, 
for some reason they can't leave and shit but I think uh, shit goes down in probably the next issue I haven't read yet um, and uh, yeah just you know I, I hope it goes somewhere because it, it seems pretty funny um, that feels really odd to me what's that like the in the Marvel Universe how can you be stuck on Earth I know <laughs> like there's so many different ways to get off the goddamn planet yeah no they're not they're not trapped as in they can't get off I think it's more the fact that they can't leave like there's something there that like maybe it's a law thing or something I don't know which is, uh, I don't know whatever it is but um, Groot's uh, sorry Rocket's really depressed probably because Groot isn't there <laughs> hmm. and uh, he doesn't fit in like he's again he's, a, he's, a, he's always a fish out of water but in this case it's made abundantly clear that he's a fish out of water you know and um, Star-Lord is sort of on house arrest kind of thing he can't go anywhere and you know he goes and sees Howard the Duck I think I told you about this and he's like, oh, I'm so I'm stir crazy, man. I got to get off this rock, you know. And um, and and uh, fucking Howard's like, oh yeah, what a shame. You're stuck on a planet with six pack abs, <laughs> <You know>, like, <laughs> <laughs> looking like a, a Calvin Klein model sort of thing, you know. Like it's like, yeah, well, he has a point. <laughs> um, how am I gonna render this shadow? I think I'll just. that there we go i'm being very careful to make sure i leave room for um adding more detailing when i color nowadays i'm not as pernickety about rendering i've noticed a lot of artists like a lot of artists will spend tons of time rendering the um the shading uh with the inks mm. and uh i feel like because i'm doing the coloring i think it's a waste of time and, and it's too easy to screw up so i'm sort of just i'm, I'm essentially just drawing um the pencils uh drawing over the pencils as they are you know not, not worrying too much about um scrubbing heaps of ink in there of uh like rendering shadows and stuff like that yeah just essentially the outlines like a coloring book <laughs> um yeah so okay so you you mentioned that you've been reading something what have you been reading it's called the wicked and the divine the wicked and the divine Okay, yes. what is it? It's a comic book. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, I picked it up the last week, week before. I can't remember now. Mm. Um, there are four trades out. I bought all four because yeah. uh, you know how when we went to RTX, yeah, and then afterwards we went to Kino Kunio. Oh, yep. Well, I went to Kino Kunio again. Oh. And that's, <laughs> that's where you went wrong. I, yeah, that that's that time I spent money and I picked up the Wicked and the Divine. Yeah, <clears throat> it's. Oh, I won't say too much about it because it's. It's definitely worth reading, but the the general gist of it is every ninety years, twelve gods get reincarnated on Earth yeah. and form a pantheon. And this pantheon, like, well, at least this cycle that you're reading about, they're all. Um, for lack of a better word, pop stars. Oh, wow. And okay. They they sing their music and stuff. Like, they're, they're using it to sort of better humanity, like, to help them move forward in their evolution and whatnot and blah, blah, blah. Are they K-pop? Um, I feel like they'd be K-pop. <laughs> no. It's it's different different styles for every different god. Yeah. But um, the, the caveat is they have two years to live. After two years, they're going to die. Oh, um, wow. Okay. Yeah, and it the big spanner in the works for that is since they reincarnated, they're actually they're being awoken inside people that were already alive. Right. So, like of various different ages. For example, one of them is actually a thirteen-year-old boy, yeah. who was reincarnated as a god. He's only got two years to live. Oh wow! So this poor thirteen-year-old kid won't see sixteen. Right. Sort okay. of thing. Um, cause like when they die, it's like the, the person dies as well. Um, but yeah, anyway, shit starts happening and blah, blah, blah. I won't go too much into it because I do plan on letting you borrow it. Okay. Cause I want you to read it. Yeah. Um, I just, I want to finish the fourth trade and then I'll, I'll start palming it off to you. But yeah, it's, it's pretty fucking good, dude. What's the art style like? <sighs> Honestly, I don't know how to describe it. Um, for me, because, like, I don't have your eye for things, mm. and, like, I miss a lot of stuff in terms of art, but to me, it does feel standard, but it's not, because, like, there's a lot of, uh, like, the, the character design itself is 
pretty normal, but there's like a lot of great use of color and I don't know how to describe it, like particles, I guess, and just movement in terms of some of the characters. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you can see, especially with the, the clothing design as well, um, one of the gods, Amaterasu, is like the Japanese sun god who's been reincarnated into this girl, this like red-headed girl, and she wears like this outfit that's like almost robe-like and I feel like every time she's on a page and she's moving, I can just see her moving, just like the flow of everything and how light and sort of free she is, I guess. That's awesome. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's really cool. Um, and just I I didn't really notice it until – because, you know, at the end of trades, they give you like concept art and like all that shit. Mm. I didn't really appreciate – a lot of the art until I was looking through the concept art and like the different stages of what they were doing. Cause like there are parts where there's a certain God, I can't remember his name. Oh wait, Inanna. Mm. Um, the way he sort of teleports around the places, he sort of breaks up into millions of little shiny pieces. Yeah. <clears throat> and the, just the way the color sort of travels across those pieces yeah. is fucking amazing. Like it's just brilliant. It sounds like they've got a great colorist. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. <clears throat> yeah, no, I'm keen to read that. That sounds interesting. Yeah. yeah. I might bring the first one in for you today. Yeah. So you can have a look at it. Oh, that's yeah. right. We're going to work today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Day job style. Um, yeah, cool. I'm, I'm interested. That sounds that sounds cool. Um, it's, it's definitely an, a, an interesting concept for a story. Like, I love that there's a lot of comics coming out now with these really grandiose <laughs> ideas, you know, like... Um, you know, the concept that the, you know, gods are reincarnated, you know, all the time um, is is just something I've never heard of before. Like, it seems, I mean, I'm sure it's not unique, but it seems like it to me. Like, I haven't had a lot of um, experience with that, so. Yeah, I've never seen anything like that specific. Yeah. I guess. You know, um, and, and I mean, you, we, you get we've, two years to live sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, we've heard every story ever told. Yeah, 100%. It's, it's, it's how it's told that. That changes it. Yeah. But yeah. I was going to say something else and I totally forgot what it was. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, well. If it's important enough, it'll come back to me. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, we talked about the Guardians trailer already. Um, I guess one thing I wanted to touch on at the end is like, um, as this is a comic book podcast, well, I don't think we talk enough about comic books. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Um, this is what I just did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of, yeah, of course. But you know, um, uh, there's um, I, I, the the one that's been sitting on my you know to be read again sort of pile, um, which I'm sure I'll get to at some point. I've got to break my leg or something so I can have some spare time to sit around and read. Um, is uh, Chrononauts. and for anyone, I mean, I know you've read it. We've talked about it on the show before. Um, but anybody who hasn't read it, it's it's a it's a pretty short trade, which is good because it's a short run. Um, the art style is pretty fantastic. I, I don't need to talk about that, but um, it's just an interesting story. Again, we're just talking about pretty unique stories. Uh, they build this uh, machine that allows essentially a chrononaut, who's essentially an astronaut who goes through time, um, to go back. There, you know, these cocky sort of almost like test pilot sort of dudes. You know, there's two of them. Um, the first yeah, guy essentially steps, jocks. They really are. First one steps back into the machine. And disappears. And they're like, well, shit, what are we going to do? And it's like, I don't know. So then they, second guy goes back in to find him. Um, and when he gets there, the other guy's like, just doing his own thing. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, well, you know, I got stuck back here. And then I realized, you know, I, I can do things and stuff like that. And he goes, but dude, you, you're changing future history. You know, mm. it's like, I don't care. <laughs> And he goes, and you shouldn't care either. He goes, neither of us have like families or anything like that. Like what's the, we can live like Kings here and it doesn't take much convincing, but sure enough, soon enough, they're thick as thieves and they're just going through, just raping the timeline. Um, just like cowboys, you know, like he's got this special place he's got where he's got all these artifacts from history and cool cars. And he's, you know, he's travels through time, just banging all the hottest chicks from history. And he's, he's got like a scoreboard <laughs> <laughs> here in his man cave where he's got like Cleopatra, Cheryl Crow. Um, oh my God, Colleen Katana. 
That's uh, <laughs> that's um, Sean Murphy's wife. Uh, <laughs> I never saw that before. Joan of Arc, you know, um, Betty Page, all these things, and what they like, what they dislike, and you know what sort of he's got like this big wardrobe of different outfits he has to wear for each time period, and he's just just partying it up in the timeline, you know, giving um, machine guns to people who shouldn't have them and shit, you know. Yeah. Um, and so then they send these time cop sort of dudes back after him, who's totally Tommy Lee Jones and his crew, essentially. Mm. Um, I mean, I don't think he was even trying to hide it, to be honest. Um, and, uh, you know, one thing leads to another. I don't want to give too much away, but it's just a compelling story because you, you love these two clowns that are just destroying the timeline, you know? Like, they don't, they don't come off as, vi- as villains at all. In fact, the only villain is the guy chasing after them. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. you, you got to love it when you can take, like, two guys... You know, like when you, when you can when you can take the villain and and when you're rooting for him, it's like Dexter or like Hannibal or shows like that. You know, um, yeah. but, but I mean, yeah. like the, he does make a good point. Like, why care if you yeah. if you travel throughout all? Like, I would probably do the exact same thing. Like, I everybody would, would man. Shit. People are weak. You know, there's going to come a time where it's going to be easier for you to use your knowledge of the future to to get out of a situation or do something and then once you've done it once the doors open you know and you're like yeah. well shit that worked out like what if i just you know did this and boy how much easier would shit be for these people if they just had access to this you know uh, um I, I would i would go back to like you know way back 17 fucking 70 and give native americans machine guns and be like look in about six years there's gonna be some white dudes coming here you're gonna need this <laughs> Fuck them up. <laughs> yeah. well that's just it you know um just just to see what would happen you know yeah just out of curiosity, like what what difference does it really make? Mm. You know, we, we look at, at, at our history as this precious commodity. And, and you know, any one thing that could have happened, this, you know, we're getting into the concept of parallel universes sort of theory and stuff like that here. Yeah, but, like butterfly you know, effects sort yeah, of thing. exactly. One tiny little thing could change. The fact that you're there has already altered the timeline. Mm. So it doesn't matter from that point on. Anything you do doesn't really matter. It's of little concern to anybody because now you exist there you didn't before everything yeah. you touch is gonna carry on through the timeline even even if it's to little detriment it's still a change you know mm. so what's what what denotes whether a little change that's worthwhile is any bigger any worse than a big change yeah. you know that that does a lot of damage you know um yeah. there's, because there's no point in just putting the tip in when you're going to go balls deep anyway. <laughs> exactly oh my god that's why you're the writer <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, holy shit. Now that I'm really thinking about it, cause I didn't really read that too much into it. I just thought that's a really unique concept. You know, mm. when I first read it, I'm like, holy shit. Cause I had no idea. I just bought it cause Sean Murphy's name was on it. And I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> um, and, and reading through it, I'm just going, I'm having way more fun reading this than I should, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's Mark Miller, right? Yeah. 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 Writing it. So there you go. There's the pedigree of writing right there. Um, um, but yeah, you know, I, I'd, I gotta admit, I'd do the same thing. I think, yeah. I think we all would at some stage. There's, you can only yeah. be so altruistic, you know, even, even the most puritan motherfucker mm. was, oh, I would never do that. It's like, yeah, you would. And, and the but, other thing too, you got to look at it like this. He didn't just go there and immediately start fucking shit up. He was trapped in the timeline for a long time. Yeah. Um, and, and so at that point he'd evolved into this guy. He didn't leave there. He left there with the best of intentions. Mm. And when he got stranded there, obviously one thing would lead to another. You, you get stuck here. You do this to get away, get out of it. You know, you do that to get out of it. You talk to these people. Suddenly you realize how I could help these guys out. If I just, you know, it all starts with the best of intentions. Next minute you're banging Cleopatra, you know? You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. I think this is actually working out. All right. I've made some some inking screw ups in the past that I don't want to emulate, and uh, I think I'm doing okay. Um, yeah. So where are we at? We're at uh, 54 minutes. What do you got for six minutes, man? <laughs> well, I mean, Oscars. Oh shit, the Oscars. Yeah. What about that fuck up? <laughs> oh, I wasn't even thinking of the fuck up. All right. But, oh, you know. you're talking about the movies that won. Yeah, kind of. Well, I know you had you took exception to best animated feature. Uh, yeah. Kobo yeah. and the strings or whatever, two strings. Well, 
Zootopia won it when it shouldn't have. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I'm I'm getting sick of Disney winning the fucking Oscar every year. You know what though? I think it's less about Disney winning and it's more about the cult of leftism that is Hollywood. You know what I mean? Because it is a story about inclusion and and we're all the same. We're all in this together. We need to help each other out. And that's their mantra. It really is, you know? I mean, I haven't seen Kobu. Is it Kobu? Kubo. Kubo, right? There you go. (laughs) I haven't seen that to know, you know, what its message is. Um, But I feel like... It's very family-centric, I guess. Zootopia was the... it, It was the conversation du jour. It was like... You know, now we now we this we will vote for this in protest of Trump. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like that's what the Oscars were this year in general. Yeah, it's like, like it was basically fuck Trump. Not not, <laughs> not to take anything away from Moonlight or anything like that, because again, I haven't seen it, and from what I understand, it's, it's a phenomenal thing. Mm. Um, but I feel like, and uh, I, you know, this is gonna sound horrible saying it, but do you think that there was any <sighs> moti- motivation behind? <laughs> it winning that was more than just the fact that it was a better film. I don't yeah. know. No, we'll never right. know. Right. Because oh. everybody votes, but I feel like there's a guilty conscience thing in there. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, that, that, that is, that is an element. Um, mm. and again, I, like, I don't want that to come off the wrong way, you know, cause the, at the end of the day, the best movie should win. Um, but it's not always the case. Sometimes things do get political and Hollywood is, is like a, a hotbed of political activity. Yeah. Um, you know, and I mean, I mean, for all we know, Moonlight could be the best film. Oh, 100 percent. All of them. Again, again, and, and, and again, I, I, I really want to um, start out by saying I don't want to take anything away from it because I mean, yeah. even just the concept of it is is brave. You know what I mean? And mm. It's uh, it's really topical right now, um, and, uh, and and it's the kind of film that, in the right hands, could really help some people. Mm. From what I understand, you know, again, I haven't seen it, um, but you know, I just I just hope that's why it won. You know, I yeah, one on yeah. merit and not because, you know, Hollywood feels guilty about a lot of things right now and they want to protest against this perceived notion that America is now racist. Mm. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm I'm not pissed that it won. Mm. I just, I hope it won for the right reasons. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, like, I was telling, I think I told you yesterday as well, but like, I'm so glad La La Land didn't win. Mm-hmm. Um. Um, don't get me wrong, I love the movie. Yeah, yeah you've said um, to me a few times it was great. Yeah. Absolutely adore it, but I, I, the second I saw it, I was like, I really hope it doesn't win mm. Best Picture because <laughs> mainly because of the backlash that would yeah. happen. Yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. And the fact that it's so obviously a love letter to old Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That it, I don't it, know, it could I, win I just based like on just... Hollywood nostalgia. You yeah, because it's Hollywood types voting. You know, yeah. and and the funny thing is, as someone who's been to Hollywood several times, um, <laughs> humble brag. <laughs> no, I've been there many times. It it does breathe that feeling. Like the, it's like even everyone who's there and disenfranchised and jaded with the place, still has this weird unspoken awe of the fact that it's Hollywood. Yeah, you know, because everybody essentially went there to live the Hollywood dream, other than people who were obviously born there and stuff like that. Mm. Um. But even then, they're still living the Hollywood dream too. Everybody's got a mission there. Everybody's working on a project. Everybody's doing something. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, God, some of the douchey conversations I've heard sitting in restaurants between nobodies and their prospective people that they're trying to convince that they're somebodies. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's sickening, but it is what it is. It's Hollywood. It's exactly what you expect when you, when you hear about it, you know, like when yeah. you see the place, it's, Everything you think, and and the thing is, I love Hollywood, right? I love going there. Well, when I say Hollywood, Hollywood proper, like where the Walk of Fame and stuff is, I could never go there again in in my life and be happy, right? Mm. Um, I've had some good times there, like you know, I've been to some premieres and things like that. Um, Let's not be talking like I'm somebody. All right. (laughs) As I should point out, as as an absolute tourist, I've been to a few things. I've seen some things. I was there on Oscar Day, in fact, um, two years ago, I think. accidentally stumbled across the vanity fair party and took a whole bunch of paparazzi style photos of everybody who's anybody you know um but that's that's the magic you know what i mean it's at any given day you can see somebody like the like i've told you this story a million times first day i ever landed in in west hollywood we went for a walk to get some like some fruit and stuff to eat because we were terrified of (laughs) dying of this american diet everyone talks about um 
So we went to just get some fruit and stuff down the street. And I bumped into two of my favorite people in the whole world. You know, um, uh, the chick, oh my God, I've gone blank. I know all of their roles. <laughs> I can't think of their names. Um, uh, what's in it? Um, <sighs> yeah, favorite people. Yeah. No, but like at the time, like, you know, it was an uh, old mate from Chuck. What's her name? Um, Ivan Strahovski from Chuck. Mm. And literally we'd got on the plane after just binging, like, I think the second season of Chuck. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And so we walk in and she's just standing there. I'm like, this is fucking Hollywood, man. And then we go uh, into the very next store we went into and there was, um, where was it? It's, um, I'm t- you know me, I'm terrible at pulling names. The chick, she was in... Uh, she was in Firefly. Yeah, there was a few in Firefly. No, the the uh, Wash's wife. Zoe. So no. Zoe. No, that's not her. You, no. <laughs> I was going to say Zoe Saldana. No, I think I think she actually was a character in Firefly. Zoe. I don't know. There's the character itself was Zoe. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The um, you, everyone knows who I mean. They're all screaming at me right now. Yeah. Um, but like, she was just standing there buying makeup, and I'm like, if this is what Hollywood is, I'm fucking in. You know, and then never saw anyone famous for <laughs> the rest of the trip. <laughs> um, but you know, it was it was cool. Like, and and I've got you know what I've got more. I saw a famous person stories from that area that than I actually remember. Occasionally, I get reminded of ones. You know, like um, where we just sort of like you know Nat saw Robert De Niro. Uh, it, this was actually in Las Vegas. It was around the time they were shooting that. Um, it was Gina Torres. Gina Torres. Thank you. Fuck. I feel like such an idiot. Um, uh, it was around the time they were shooting that old people go to Vegas movie um, with all those dudes. Um, Las Vegas. Yeah, Las Vegas. Yeah, and uh, and and she, Nat didn't tell me. She's like, she's standing there going, "I think that dude's Robert De Niro standing in front of us at the queue." And it's not like it was a busy place. We were. I was just fussing around with our documents and shit, trying to find all our paperwork for the hire car. And she's standing there looking at the back of his head, going, hmm, "I think that's Robert De Niro." And then when he got called up, he turned around, glanced at her, and he did that smile. You know, he does that smile where his whole face creases up. Yeah. Because <laughs> she goes, he did this thing, he smiled at me, and his whole face creased up. I'm like, fuck, it was De Niro. It was De Niro, and you didn't tell me. And we were out of the store and up the escalators to the car park before she told me. She goes, do you know Robert De Niro was in there? I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? You know? God damn it. I mean, you know what? I'm glad I didn't because I would have made an idea of myself. I would have said something stupid. I always do. I've got that many. I met a famous person. Here's my stupid fucking thing I said, you know. Uh, well, you, you didn't do that with Freddie Wong, so. Nah, that's true. I've got a cool Freddie Wong story. But, you know, Freddie Wong, as much as he's awesome, isn't Robert De Niro. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and even then, I was sort of rambling like an idiot a little bit. You know, I like to think I can play it cool, but there's playing it cool and then there's what I do. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So what else? The Oscar? Oh, the fuck up at the Oscars <clears throat> is awesome. And the, and the, uh, do you know what? Was it the, was it the Oscars or was it the Grammys? Was the Grammys recently as well? Yeah. Yeah. The Grammy. Yeah. Um, I've seen all of these videos of Adele fucking up and doing all this other stuff. Bruno Mars did a performance of um, Let's Go Crazy by Prince, dressed as Prince with Prince's guitar with The Time as his backup band. And I didn't know about this. I accidentally stumbled across it later on. I think he closed the show. How the fuck did we know? How did that not become a meme? You know, or no something. Idea. Or just like, I, did you know about it? No, I, I just found out about it when you said it. <laughs> yeah, it was phenomenal, dude. He just, he knocked it out of the park, you know? And... I can't even I think find... that's, a, that's a shining a bit of a light on today's culture, though. Like, we're so focused on the, the fuck-ups and the funnies yeah. that the actual, you know, talent sort of gets passed by. Yeah, it's, it's really, really sad, man. I mean, the fucking time, dude. Mm. You know, from what I understand, I like, again, it's hard to tell because the only version of it I can find on, like, YouTube or whatever is um, really shitty quality that somebody just ripped off their phone from the TV. You know what I mean? Uh, really uh, you, know, you know what it could be though it could have just been the fact that Prince's music is just so unaccessible online well it isn't anymore you know about that yeah. everything he's got is now available well not everything but most of his catalogue is now available for streaming it never was before mm. it happened like a week ago oh well there you go yeah so th- there it is like it's you know but then again now I guess that all that's happening there's that many people 
um, who are like serious about managing the rights to it. Maybe that's that could be more what it is. Yeah. Um, or it could have been just like, yeah, okay, it's almost been a year since he's died. Let's make more money. Yeah, let's capitalize. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, all right. I think that's that's going to do it for this page. I think looks pretty solid. Um, that's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. So a lot of the rest of this is going to be rendered coloring. So I'm happy. I think I'm happy with the inking of page one. All right. And on that note, let's call it, man. Um, where are we at? Oh, one minute, uh, an hour and five minutes. Um, okay. Uh, thanks for watching. This podcast is brought to you by Corey Wire Art. Uh, if you're watching the stream maybe you want to listen to us on your commute search iTunes for Pretty Sketchy Podcast uh, if you're an audio listener and you want to see what I'm actually doing uh, check us out on YouTube Pretty Sketchy Podcast um, uh, thanks Michael for joining us and we'll see you guys on the next one